You're listening to The Mountain Trail Day from Sea of Stars, released August 29th, 2023, composed by Eric W. Brown. BG Maniacs, welcome to another episode of BG Mania. Nope, this is a bonus episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. <laughs> I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it's Bedrock. <laughs> it's me, man. <laughs> yeah, you're you back again. You messed it up. You're I stupid. did. Well, I normally at this point, <laughs> you and I are recording the normal episode, uh, yep. but I normally forgot Kyle be. is on the normal episode for next week. Uh, 
that technically by the time this posts, you guys will already have heard. Man, Kyle on anything normal. It's like the end of the I world. Know. Dogs and cats. I know. Well, we, we talked and... about Starfield. And if you guys missed that, you should go check that out. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. I'm really curious about that game. I've heard that it doesn't totally live up to what it was going to be, but that um, it's still I've heard, pretty cool. I've heard some things, but yeah, I've heard that the game is largely pretty good. I've not actually started it yet. That's something else that, much like the game we're talking about today, I'll have to put at least an hour or two into just so I don't go into that episode <laughs> blind. Right. Um, but I have listened to the entire soundtrack, obviously, the episode posted, but at this point, you and I are recording the episode we're doing today. I also have listened to the entire Starfield soundtrack by Einanzer, and it's all incredible, dude. It's Einanzer. Oh, How can it not be? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I the mean, fact granted, that he did that entire the, soundtrack, that's incredible. The, the stuff that I read was like people trying to like see the outer limits of what the game could do and stuff that the creators never, never like would have really planned for people to, to try. So right. when it comes to the actual real game, I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah, story-wise, everything like that. But that's not the game we're talking about today. Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts, whichever app, I'm going to screw up all night, I guess, you've chosen <laughs> to listen to us on and drop a quick rating under review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they have produced reports on it as well. And of course, a special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. I think the reason is, is because the medication that I'm on, um, it makes me drowsy at night, but it's also started to work. Yeah. So um, I don't feel as bad as I was like the last two months or so. Um, the feelings in my chest have largely subsided and which is mostly the anxiety going away and the depression kind of lifting a little bit. But because of that, I, I had stopped primarily smoking um, over the last two months. I've been doing some gummies just to maintain the buzz that I like. But with the last few days, like not feeling as rough, I did start getting back into smoking and I smoked quite a bit before this episode, um, <laughs> yeah. which is normally how I used to be on these episodes. But uh, yeah, so that's pro I'm, I'm probably gonna have to adjust a little bit. I couldn't rattle that off my brain as well as I could before. Since we're since we're off on a small diatribe already, I uh, I am possibly um, going to be uh, asking my doctor soon about a medication change because my depression med is working just fine. But I actually want to stop vaping because I have high blood pressure, and sure. even though vapes, you know, are not as bad as uh, you know, they don't have tar, they don't have uh, uh, mo mo carbon monoxide, they do have nicotine. That's kind of the point. And nicotine is not good for high blood pressure. And I have kids that I would like to be around for when they are older. So. I've decided it's time. Uh, my wife has never really liked my vaping anyway, and um, she, you know, she doesn't give me too hard a time about it, but I know that she doesn't like me to do it because she wants me to be around. So um, there's another depression medication that is also used as a kind of stop smoking drug sometimes that I might talk to my doctor about switching over to. Sentence. Nice. So, well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, man. Yeah, Jeff has also uh, said that he's going to help me, help me stay honest about it and not, you know, just smoke behind her back because that defeats the purpose of me wanting to quit myself. So, um, yeah, 
That's a little insight into the Bedroth world. That's my my <laughs> demon. I'm fine. I'm choosing to fight with right now. So nice. <laughs> well, best of luck. Thanks, man. You know, we all have our quests that we have to go on, our epic struggles that we have to overcome. Just like the protagonists of the game that we're talking about today. Yeah, another bonus episode up. I know we just put a bonus episode up uh, technically last week. Um, <laughs> that would have been on Baldur's Gate 3, which was excellent. Again, oh, that's another one. If you guys missed it, go check it Great out. Episode. One of my favorite soundtracks, if not my favorite soundtrack of 2023 so far. Um, ostensibly in a similar genre both being rpgs but yeah of could course not be a fantasy fantasy yeah. rpg for sure but yeah totally different flavor than sea of stars which is the bonus episode so again we're doing two in september this is one you felt really strongly about because of the composers that were featured on this soundtrack yeah the composers and just the pedigree of this this developer and what they're trying to do with this game um Sea of Stars is something really special. Uh, a few years ago, The Messenger came out, and Alex, it was a love yeah, letter. He started to... a podcast a few years ago. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He did, Alex The Messenger. But also, Sabotage Studios' uh, game, The Messenger, came out a few years ago, and it was obviously an homage to uh, games like, especially Ninja Gaiden. Um, but it took that nostalgia and carried it to the next level. Um, honestly, like in a way that uh, resonated with a lot of people. And uh, it wasn't a perfect game. It was like a first outing from an indie studio, but it, it was better than it had any right to be, being the sure. first outing from an indie studio. And as fantastic as the game itself was, and if anybody hasn't played it, if you like platformers, if you like action games, even if you don't really like retro stuff, I would try this out because it is much more polished than an NES game, much more, I think, like thoughtfully designed than some of the stuff that may have come out back in the day because it was rushed and the hardware wasn't as good. What Sabotage Studios does is it takes games that feel like what you remember from your childhood. It's not actually what was in your childhood, which was older and not as powerful. It's what you remember. And somehow they pull it off, kind of like Shovel Knight did. And The Messenger is great. The writing is fantastic. But the soundtrack by a then relatively unknown named, uh, going by the name of Rainbow Dragon Eyes, was phenomenal. Uh, won awards, was the subject of a lot of podcasts. Uh, really, really fantastic soundtrack. Uh, well, fast forward a few years, and Sabotage, uh, that same um, songwriter, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, is now a full-fledged employee of Sabotage Studios. They have like 25 regular employees. He is one of them. I wonder if and that's name, why he goes by Eric W. Brown now. It might be. His name is Eric W. Brown. He seems to be making a shift like Jake Kaufman did away from Vert at one point, uh, where Eric W. Brown is Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Same guy. Same musical style. Yeah, pretty sure we even mentioned that on our episode that we did, which was a bonus episode back in the day on The Messenger uh, that Frank oh, and man. I did. I'm pretty sure yeah. I even credited him a lot as Eric W. Brown because I like to use real names if I can to give the person yeah. more credit. And I liked uh, that episode I listened to, I think, back to back with the episode on the Wayback podcast where, where the host Chris just gushed like he does with everything. He just gushed on The Messenger. And actually, my buddy Ed from the VG Embassy got to interview uh, Eric for the VG Embassy when they talked about The Messenger and some other stuff. So that's, that was fun. Um I didn't think to reach out to him for this. I'm sure they're really busy right now with, with press and stuff like that, but he seemed like a pretty cool guy. I would definitely encourage people to go check those episodes out after you listen to this one, of course. 
But what Sabotage and Eric are doing with this soundtrack is an homage to, I would say, a much more ambitious and an even more impactful game than Ninja Gaiden was. And that is really Chrono Trigger. Absolutely. Um, sea of Stars has DNA in other games as well, like The Secret of Mana and Super Mario RPG. But Chrono Trigger is obviously what it's hearkening back to, and partially because who else is going to be featured on this episode, Brian? I mean, that would be Yasunori Mitsuda. Yasunori Mitsuda. What about Shukapals? Want to shoot? Was it was it yours and or was Shukapals? Shuka I don't remember. He could, honestly could have been both. I might have given it to Shukapals so I could shoots. pick someone else. I'm yeah. almost positive she brought him last year. Yasunori Mitsuda is one of my three favorite video game composers, with, along with Hyoko Shimomura and somebody else who I think probably cycles out, but I can't think of them right now. But Yasunori Mitsuda is great. I mean, when your freshman experience is Chrono Trigger, like, yeah. really, what more do you have to say? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously, we just played a track from Chrono Trigger recently on the AI episode. Um, and that's the episode where you tease that we would be hearing more from him in the future. Now, I will say he didn't do a lot on this soundtrack. It was a Kickstarter goal, I think, to get him involved. Yeah, he was a stretch goal. Um, he did roughly 10 tracks, maybe, out of almost 200 that are on the soundtrack. Uh, and some of them are actually relatively short. So you didn't bring anything by him. I have one block from him later on in the show. But for the I most part, that we are focusing on Eric. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of tracks by him that were actually one of them was a waltz. And I figured we had to have a waltz. So I was going to bring that. But it was a I have, you know, as usual, nine or ten tracks that are runners up. And sure. so uh, I'm sure I may have a couple of them on a future radio hour at some point. But um, but but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought some Yasunori. As I said, he is one of my favorite composers. So me leaving him off my list is not any, you know, commentary on him. It's more of a commentary on just how much Eric stepped up on this soundtrack. Um, I adore the Messenger soundtrack. Some of my favorite songs ever. Uh, the Frozen Peak, the Fro Frozen Light, I think, um, and the uh, the Autumn Hills are some yeah. of my favorite VGM songs ever. Um, and so he's one of my favorite composers. And he just took this to the next level. I, I have brought seven tracks just by him that I think show a really wide variety of um, composition. And you have brought a few other things that also showcase some of the other composers on the soundtrack. So uh, yes. I'm interested to tried hear to what make, you brought. Tried to spread it out a little bit. Well, you probably already heard everything I brought. We both listened to I, I did. I listened the full to the soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We yeah. both tried so. to you know do our due diligence there. Yeah, um, but I would like but... to listen to it again because it's all very good. And everybody is who is good. listening should go pay the $10. Come on, that's like less than two Starbucks coffees. Go pay the $10 and buy this soundtrack and support this composer because this is one to watch. And the soundtrack is worth way more than $10. It's like 200 tracks. And it's yeah, all it's, it's very, very beefy. Absolutely. Uh, and the opening track was your first submission of the show. Oh, yeah. I guess before we get to your first block, we should talk about that. Um, you and I are not very far in this game, like two, no, three hours. You, you further than me. But um, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, you got to be, dude, unless you're sitting there AFK like Kyle. I've seen you in it quite a bit through Discord tags. I'm maybe an hour, an hour and a half past you. Um, uh, you've probably seen me pop up on Steam that I'm playing Sea of Stars, but I have I think some it AFK just tells me whenever well. you're in Discord and you're playing it. That's when <laughs> yeah. I've noticed. 
but it is a fantastic game. I've played a little bit of it, and um, the mechanics are really great. There are timed attacks during the battles. There are some characters that are just really, really fun. And the aesthetic, like the art, looks fantastic. It's, it's pixel art, but it's next level. Like, this stuff could not have existed on a Super Nintendo. But it oh, even could have that existed and the, in like, our... the sound effects, too. And, like, the, oh, yeah. the background ambiance. Which, also, Eric W. Brown and one of your uh, co-composers that you brought, they did all the sound effects. Eric yeah. and um, Vincent, I want to say? I think, yeah, Vincent. Yep. Yeah, they did yeah, all like the sound Like, that effects. scene where you're sitting by the camp, like, real early in the game. You're sitting by the campfire on the, the mountain trail. And they start reminiscing, right, and talking about 10 years ago. Um, but the music just doesn't exist there. And all you hear is the wilderness in the background. And it's incredible. And the cracking of the campfire. Yeah, and the cracking of the campfire. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it is. It, that couldn't have existed on the Super Nintendo. But no, not it at all. exists in our generation's memories of the Super Nintendo, which is some of the magic that I said Sabotage brings. And here, specifically Eric, because he's who we're talking about. But the Mountain Trail is a really, really cool... Um, very standard kind of opening like you know that 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 melody is almost really classic. a level a one do, do, type do, of a type of a composition do, 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 right uh-huh yeah very much um and you and i both heard this in game and it matches really well like this open wilderness that you're kind of trying to climb as you go it's a it's a very cool track and um don't have a whole lot else to say about it just the instrumentation the mountain trail is going to give you a taste of what you're going to hear in this episode because it's very well composed very well instrumented <laughs> and yeah just a, a taste of what eric's going to bring to us what character did you decide to uh, start as so i call her uh valerie because um the studio is from quebec which is french and uh, valerie is probably how it would be pronounced but valerie valerie valer would be fine uh yeah. what about you her i chose her, her? as well yeah yeah. And the other guy is She seems um, like the more interesting character. She really did. I like her blue hair. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. But also she seems is like his a little name, more is of a his rebel. name Zale or something Zale, like that? Yes. Zale. Zale. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He seems pretty cool too, but um I like the idea of playing as a girl. Um and she seems just she's really tough. She's a warrior monk. So I mean, uh come on, can't get cool than that. Yeah. And and for those listening, it literally doesn't matter. It changes nothing. The story is the same. Both characters, yeah. whoever you choose, uh, you play through the same sections. It's not like one has a certain section. Like you don't play through the other half of the mountain trail if you choose him to start. You you just go right instead and she goes left. Um and, and <laughs> it you doesn't can go change the anything options and you can and swap. change them any time. Yeah. Yeah. At any time. It changes nothing. It changes That's nothing. Right. There's no story elements that are different. So it just whoever you're controlling as you run around, that's all it that's all the difference is. That's that's all it is, man. And um That's all it is. Yeah. This Which is, is one of the best, a little disappointing. Like, but also kind I don't of cool know. This is one of the best pre games I've seen in a while where it goes back in time and it and you actually play through them growing up and going through things. Um that was pretty cool. Yeah, was I cool. like that prologue. That was a little cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. All right, man. Well, at the end of that prologue area um, <laughs> is the track of our first block. Shall we get into it? I think we shall. It's been about 17 minutes. So, yeah, let's jump into it. <laughs> 
All right. Well, kicking off this first block, then let's go ahead and take a listen to Word the Training Golem. At least that's how I'm assuming you pronounce word, it. Word, weird, something like that. Yeah. yeah golem, we're going to go word. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From Sea of Stars, released August 29th, 2023, composed by Eric W. Brown. Next, let's take a listen to Clash, the pirate version from Sea of Stars. Again, this released August 29th, 2023, composed by Celtic Metal Dude.
Closing out this block, let's take a listen to We Shouldn't Be Here from Sea of Stars. This released on August 29th, 2023, once again, composed by Eric W. Brown and Vincent Jones.
Coming back in, we are first talking about Word the Training Golem from Sea of Stars, again composed by Eric W. Brown. Uh, so like we mentioned, right, this is at the end of that prologue area. Um, I guess could be considered the first quote unquote boss you encounter, but really not a boss fight, but it is presented in a way that makes it feel like a boss fight. Yes. Um, and when this track kicks in, it's like a I was just, boss fight. yeah, very much so. And this track kicks in when you jump down the hole and I was like, man, this is just so cool sounding. I really dug this track when I saw you didn't have it submitted. It was like the first one I went to because I didn't pre-pick anything. I just waited to see what mm. you were going to submit. And then, I um, I went with obviously something I had heard in the game already, but then I went to the stuff that stuck out to me that you didn't pick. So, um, cause again, we both listened to the entire soundtrack. I, you know, wrote some notes down as I went, as I listened to the tracks. Um, and I went back to those and those, that's what I chose from. So I really enjoyed this area. You and I were talking off air about the opening of the game and how cool it's presented. I really enjoyed the sequence leading up to this fight. Uh, what happened directly after I thought was pretty cool too, but this track it, it does something for me for the prologue. It's a nice track. It's a really cool track, and it does um, it works really well for like your final exam before you leave the school. Um, I also like how it calls back to Gato, the the fighting robot from the Millennium Fair in Chrono Trigger. In Chrono because Trigger, had, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We gotta have something like that. Of course, of course. Very good song. This was on my short list. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, I know there, another one that I brought for this block was also on your short list. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, we'll get to it. We will get to it. But yeah, no, this was a super fun track. Um, I know you brought everything by Eric W. Brown. Like he's the only one you focused on. So we're going to hear between this and everything else you brought a really wide variety of stuff from him. So that's going to be really cool. Um, the middle track in that block is Clash, the pirate version, composed by a content creator, I'm assuming. Uh, his name is Celtic Metal Dude. I found his YouTube channel. He does have a band camp. Um, composed by Eric W. Brown, but sure. arranged okay, by this fair. guy. Yeah. Fair, yes, fair, yeah. Um, because Clash is a track that... Eric W. Brown did compose for the soundtrack. And I don't know why you and I were trying to speculate. Neither one of us are far enough in the game to really know. But the soundtrack is three discs. The first track, mm -hmm. uh, the first disc is like 105 or 110 tracks. Disc two is like an additional 50 or 60, maybe 40 or 50. And then disc three is an additional 30 or 40 tracks all by yeah. or arranged by this Celtic metal dude that are all pirate versions right. of tracks that exist. Disc two is like the nighttime versions of a lot of songs and then maybe some other versions that only appear in certain situations. I'm not sure. But yeah, this three is definitely the covers that are done by this this pirate Celtic guy. And I feel like he's somebody that Eric Brown knows. I think I saw that somewhere, but he's definitely, he's a content creator, he's a YouTube creator, and he uses real instruments, like a sand, like a tambourine and yeah. uh, a pin whistle. In a lot of the tracks he did, you can hear him blowing into things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which and is cool. And I think that what it is, is that when you go to different, after you find the pirates in this game, when you go to different taverns around the world map, you hear them playing, and I think they're playing songs from the area 
period that they're in. I think that's what these Which would make are. sense and is honestly super cool if that's the case. Definitely is. Yeah, for sure. But, but um, I, I did, I did enjoy, this, uh, yeah, I was going to say I enjoyed yeah. Disc 3. I thought it was cool hearing the different renditions with the instruments that he uses. Uh, because like I said, in a lot of them, right, you can hear him blowing into certain things. You can actually mm-hmm. hear him playing the instruments, which yeah. is really cool. There is something um, which also might lead more into the your thing right with the pirates playing it because it does sound like they're actually playing it. Right. So that's a there's a track called Encounter Elite, which is one of the boss or or like mini boss battles. Um, the pirate version of Encounter Elite is my favorite like pirate version track. They're all really good, but that one's really good. We're not actually playing Encounter Elite today. No, we're not. Come on, guys. The soundtrack is 200 tracks long, and we can only <laughs> play 14. So go yeah. check out the main one. <laughs> but yeah, um, here's a taste of disc three of that soundtrack. Yeah, this is the only track we have today that is a pirate version. And again, that's because I just wanted to make sure everybody that has credits on the soundtrack is featured on the show. Um, And that's also why I brought the third track in this block. Come to find out it's another one that you felt really strongly about. I really enjoy the way this sounds. We shouldn't be here. This one done by Eric W. Brown and Vincent Jones. Which, I mean, suspense, right? Like the name of the track gives it away. And my whole goal, if I haven't said it already, and the tracks I brought is that I wanted to show a real variety in composition that Eric W. Brown is capable of. This is one of the last ones that I cut because this is a very unique song on the soundtrack. And it's... It works really. I'm sure it works really well. I can't wait to get this part in game because I know it's going to be fantastic. Oh yeah, no, I can't wait either. I really want to know what's going on here. Why it's titled? We shouldn't be here. Um, and to me, this would fit perfectly in an October episode, right? It does have that spooky undertone, Halloween yeah. style vibes. Reminds me a lot in certain areas of the Undertaker's music from WWE. So <laughs> yeah. I really dig this track, man. I thought it was one of the coolest ones in the entire 200 that we listened to for this game. I um I have to mention, I don't think we brought this up, and we're not going to get into spoilers on this episode because we're only we're, we're not far enough in to give yeah, spoilers. I'm an hour but... and a half in. That's why I can't believe if you're only an hour further than me um you either afk'd a lot because i swear there was a day earlier this week when i was at work and i was looking at discord i could have sworn i saw you playing like half the day if not longer um i mean i played a little bit in the morning and then i worked for a few hours and i went back to it so yeah there is some (laughs) afk in there okay but but yeah so your main characters zale and valere are um they are what's the word Spirit? Solstice warriors. Solstice, solstice warriors. warriors. That's, it's not spirit Valeria warriors. Valeria channels the power of the moon, and Zale channels the power of the sun. Which is also why I them, chose her, by the way. I like the moon more than the sun. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of that way, too. But the two of them have to come together to use an eclipse power to combat this big evil called the Fleshmancer. And all of this you find out in, like, the first hour of the game. You so find out no in the first minute of the game. Yeah, right? And so <laughs> The archivist tells you. Valeria Larry has moon powers, Zale has sun powers, they have different kind of cool magic abilities, but uh, 
but yeah like they have to go out into the world and find these beings called dwellers that the fleshmancer has created and they have to defeat them i have not even been to my first dweller yet but nope. i feel like this kind of track is it's got to be like a dungeon track of some kind right? yeah i mean it fits that motif very well so i would think that would be the case um but i can't wait to find out I can't wait to hear it in game. I know it's going to be great. I can't either. This is such why, a fun um, game, man. Why do you like the moon more than the sun? I think because uh, my favorite color is blue. Um, I tend to like cooler things. I tend more toward melancholy than toward like effervescent happiness. Um, I'm honestly kind of neutral on the emotional spectrum, but if I do lean one way, it's toward melancholy. Okay. I like the idea of like the moon's connection to the oceans. Um, yeah. That is responsible for the tides. The moon is just, it's more feminine. And honestly, I think my spirit is more feminine than masculine. So maybe okay. there's some yeah. of that too. The okay. moon's cool, I, dude. Dude, the moon's dope. That's, I mean, I, I said the same <laughs> thing, right? I chose uh, the girl because of her connection to the moon. Uh, me personally, I, I'm more of a night person than daylight. Absolutely. So of course I connect yep. to the moon. But also, dude, the moon's hollow. And it's a fucking thing that was brought here by an ancient, technologically advanced civilization to spy on us. How could you not nah. want that? How could you not like nah. that? And a there's comet sold, hit there's us sold, like billions of years soul ago. soul towers on the moon that collect <laughs> our souls and we regenerate over time. A comet hit us billions of years ago and nope. the moon broke off of the earth. It's nope. part of us, dude. That's why we're drawn to it. It's no, it's it's an it's a it's hollow. It's why when the Apollo Eleven astronauts to drop shit on there to find out the moon rang for two hours. It's hollow. Oh man, I love these conversations. That's man. a proven so story. Come on now, that's a proven story. The moon rang for two hours. <laughs> Yeah, we'll it. see. I mean, it's, hey, the Indians and the Chinese now are apparently landing on the dark side of the moon, and you know they're going to dig in here and find whatever ooh, they yeah, can. Yeah, the, so. the, uh, the Indian space rover uh, is at the South Pole, which is dope. That's cool. They're going to they're gonna stumble upon the base of the aliens on the backside of the moon, which is why— There's some kind of— Which the U.S. already knows about, race. and that's why they never went back to the moon, because they'd be <laughs> fucking destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see, man. I guess we'll see. <laughs> Uh, whatever we know, those man. We those those be aliens there, are right? just—they're just saying we shouldn't be there, dude. Those aliens are just sitting there waiting <laughs> for the Indian space rover to go on there, and they're just—they're going to blow it up. Watch. Yep. We shouldn't be here, and the <laughs> Indians are going to blame it on somebody here on Earth, and we're yeah, Russia. Start World War Four. So mm -hmm. on the moon, dude. Yep. I can't wait. That's right. I mean, hey, if all our nukes go to the moon, I'd be happy with that. You know, that's why. That's why we have the space force now. That's right. Thank you, Mr. Trump. All right, oh, before God. we go too deep into that. <laughs> the Space Force. Let's get into oh, a character man. who I really enjoy. Um, you have already kind of figured this out, even though you're not quite here yet. But there yeah, is but a no character. spoilers. No spoilers. There's a character who's kind of important to your characters, whichever one you picked, who does come back into the story in some way. And when he does, the first track of my first block plays... And it is a fantastic, uplifting, wonderful track. I love it. Okay, it may I guess be my like track spoilers show. because that wasn't very well hidden. So it wasn't very well hidden. <laughs> but, you know, come on, man. Anybody who has played a video game, once they know the background, once they see that flashback, they're gonna know who your third party member is. Fair. Right? Okay. All right. right. Yeah. You would think. And then we're talking about the first two hours of the game. Come on, in yeah, like a forty-hour game. So you would think. All right. Well, opening up my first block, we're going to listen to "Dance of a Thousand Sons, my favorite uh, experience so far in the game. 
This was composed by Eric W. Brown for Sea of Stars and yeah, came out this year. So let's listen to it. Next up, we're going to listen to The Storm Calls for You from Sea of Stars, composed by Eric W. Brown and released in 2023. Thank you. 
Closing out my first block, we're going to listen to Stars Align on the Assembly Line, composed by Eric W. Brown for Sea of Stars, released in 2023. <laughs> 
coming back in. We are listening to my nostalgic pick for the episode because I've actually experienced this in game and it's really meaningful, but I'm not going to say anything else <laughs> because it's kind of an early game spoiler that is pretty cool if you're if you're, you know, not going to say anything else even though I already told you guys basically the gist of it before we listen to the block. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, Dance of a Thousand Suns, man. What do you think of this? This is so fun, man. Um yeah, I could see it coming, what happens. I'm excited to to get to that point and hear this in the game. It, uh, it It's a very playful track in a lot of ways, and I like that quite a bit. Yeah, there is a character who I'm not going to name who is associated with this track, and I think it's perfect for him. Uh, you'll see it when you get to that, but they're a force of, a force of positive nature. And But this track is just it's really playful, it's really fun, really innocent. And Innocence is a good word for it, yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I it's, don't think you remember how much you said about this track before we listened to this block of music. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't. My short-term memory is probably not great by, right now. I have, uh, <laughs> since I'm not vaping anymore, I am imbibing a bit. You are, uh, you are dancing around it a lot more than you danced around it about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little Captain Morgan in me now, and I'm, I'm feeling really I'm going to leave it all in. And, I don't care. Um, yeah, 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 this track is perfect back. for that. This track is perfect for feeling happy. You know, if you're not driving, you know, go go pull a little uh, little something out of the fridge and uh, give yeah, yourself kids. a buzz. Because this track go is great. Kids. Yeah, kids. <laughs> Got like the anti, um, uh, you know, <laughs> the anti promo. You know, <laughs> morality right. promo. All the all the cartoons used to have. I don't know how many kids actually listen to this show. Right. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Right. Hopefully not. But this many. track is great, man. Dance of a Thousand Suns. And I have no idea why it's named that. It doesn't really seem to connect, but uh feels like it'd be more of Zale's theme. Like, you know, the sun. You would think. Yeah. Guy, but it's not. <laughs> you would think it would definitely fit him more so than uh, the other character. But um, it's still a really fun track. Uh, it's definitely one that I would have probably brought had you not and not even hearing it in the game just because again it's one of the more standout tracks to me in the entire 200 absolutely it's uh this I think is the most playful track on the soundtrack there are a couple others that could give it a run for that but Maybe because some of the town it's connected themes. yeah because it's connected to a character that you're going to carry with you it's it's more meaningful than some of the ones that are for the NPCs you know yeah for sure for sure and then we move into your middle track there. Yeah, no my, my next two from. tracks are a little a little darker. Um, a little bit. And I will say that from now on, all the tracks I picked and all the tracks Brian picked have not been, I don't think I've experienced them in game. So we're yep. just talking about the music. And yeah, the I've storm only heard calls two tracks you. on the playlist today in the, in the yeah. game. So this is, uh, I, I love the intro where it's kind of like slow and ominous and building. Church organy. Yep, I feel like this has to be a boss track. Like there's some some storm related creature that you're fighting. It would and, make sense, uh, or just an intense moment, I guess. I love the accordion, dude. I love the accordion yeah, so man, much. It's weird. Like who would ever think of accordion or concertina in this case in dubstep? You know, Weird Al. Weird Al would absolutely he would, uh, and he's he's a master. So you know, Eric W. Brown is following the greats in this track. <laughs> We're talking about the storm calls for you with an exclamation mark at the end. So yeah, I can't wait to get to this because I'm sure it's a big moment in the game. 
It definitely is a faster tempo than some of the stuff we've heard today so far and a lot of the other stuff we'll hear today on the show. Um, my next block being all Yasunori Mitsuda is on the slower side and more um, just Mitsuda style, I guess, right? Which is different from Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Um, but you know, even though it's a different style, I feel like the feel of this track reminds me so much of Magus's theme from Mitsuda's, you know, track okay. and Chrono Trigger. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's I can see that, the connection. Like, yeah. Like dark, like you're fighting someone that's important, I think. We'll see. We'll see if the game bears that out. But I mean, it's probably <laughs> a safe assumption. Yeah. I also mentioned to you while you're listening that if anybody is familiar with the meme song of We Are Number One, which interestingly comes from the Bible Man <laughs> series, <laughs> the Christian series that I, you know, my generation kind of, you know, we yeah, got those, into those that. are older games, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't think I don't even think I don't think they ever made a Bible Man game, which is frankly a missed opportunity because it's a it's it's a really really interesting show. Even the, Jeff, well, I thought they Jeff did. really loves Bible Man. Yeah, is the Maybe Bible game not based on the show? Uh, there are lots of Bible games, man. We could do yeah, all episodes about that. They were, they were all they were all like not even actually licensed. They were all bootleg games, right? Absolutely, which yeah. is fitting. They had like. They had blue cart carts that you put in yeah. the, uh, in the so NES. So fitting. So fitting. I, I did have some of those. I had one from uh, that had like different biblical stories, and one of them was Noah's Ark. That was the one I played the most often. Oh, God. But, uh, but yeah, this is a whole different level. We're number one is from the villain of the Bible Man show, whose name I don't remember. Okay. But it's look up We're Number One on YouTube and you'll see all kinds of like the the original, but also remixes. And some of the melody in this reminds me of that. But really, this is just a, it's a great boss track, you know? Yeah, this is super cool. Hopefully a boss track. We don't actually know. But yeah, super cool. I mean, probably. And if you listen to The Messenger, you know that um, Eric W. Brown is great slash Rainbow Dragon Eyes is great at boss themes, you know? Oh, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. But I like this. It's got that boss, that but dubstep feel, but also like a really strong melody. I think it does. It does. And uh, I commented on one of the earlier tracks that you can tell Rainbow Dragon Eyes is a percussionist. He was actually the drummer for a metal band in Canada named Swashbuckler. And um, one little tidbit about the sound design, which Eric W. Brown and uh, his his co composer Vincent. We're all responsible for. Yeah. Yeah, Vince Jones. Um, Eric W. Brown actually called in some favors favors from some of his metalhead friends to do like readings for some of the monster sounds in this game. Oh, that's and cool. And he just took them and like cut them up and spliced them around to make them the monster sounds. So I think that's really cool. That's really dope. And I think one <laughs> of the um one of the songs that it stands out to me most where you can tell this dude is a percussionist is in your third track stars align on the assembly line has a really strong drum persistence through it and also a very nice synth wave retro wave chill wave vibe that i'm totally yeah, into it really does i definitely feel that that sort of like grindy like grungy sound of this track it reminds me a little bit maybe just because of the name of like smithy's factory from mario rpg okay which uh which we may hear again at some point you know you never know what we're gonna pick it is we're definitely gonna be soon. talking about the remake of mario rpg which i am i am stoked as hell about man i'm definitely oh, yeah. gonna get that should game. be great should be great 
I can't wait for that. Yep. Yeah, and I can't One wait for two more new games that I know I'm going to buy fun. in October. <laughs> oh yeah, well RPG is in November, but very close together. There's like a three week separation. Yeah, that's right. There you go. That's why you're the uh, the main host, man. You're the host, <laughs> and I'm just the go host. Think, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Wonder is on the 20th of October and RPG might be the 17th of November off the top of my head. Or it might be the 10th of November, but I think the 10th is Modern Warfare 3, so I don't think it's the 10th. I think it's the 17th. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the autumn of Mario for sure. Lots of cool stuff coming up, man. But uh, Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, this track is so good. Like I could I could dance to this in a club, dude. The stars align on the assembly line. It's such a good and name. I, I don't know what this is. It's obviously an industrial inspired track, and I don't know what's happening in the game, but I can't wait to get to it. Oh yeah. No, this to me, right, neon lights, um, you can see this in one of those dystopian future cyberpunk futurist uh, nightclub settings uh, mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Gunship, <laughs> who has a new album releasing on September 29th. Okay, uh, yeah. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. But um, this is such a cool track, man. I am glad you brought this one because this one stuck out to me quite a bit. My notes, I mean, I, I wrote Synthwave Retrowave on my notes for this uh, particular track, and I'm glad you brought it. Yeah, and see, I just listened to the soundtrack all the way through. And um, I wasn't taking notes because I was driving most of the time. That's fair. <laughs> um, you don't want to take notes while you're driving. Kids, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, now, now you're but getting yeah, good advice. Okay. Yeah, this is one of the longer. I think this may be the longest track that we're playing too. Um, uh, it act well. No, my closeout is about twenty seconds longer. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, man, that closeout's going to be cool, though. That's uh, close to the end game, I'm pretty sure, just based on the name. There are a lot of cool names of tracks on this soundtrack, too. I almost just brought, like, the coolest names. But instead, I focused on, you know, like I've said, Eric W. Brown's versatility. And this is a dark track, like The Storm Calls for You, but it's also very different in style. Oh, yeah. No, definitely more my style than The Storm Calls for You. Um, This is one of probably one of my favorite tracks on the soundtrack. I, again, really dig the way this one sounds. And yeah, no, I I could I could do it with an entire album with this vibe and be totally content. Well, and just on my memory of the soundtrack of The Messenger, if The Storm Calls for You is a boss track, this is definitely like a dungeon track. I do not think this is a battle track. I think this is in like an area that you go into. Yeah, this definitely doesn't have a combat feel to it. So, and I wonder if the rhythm of the track has anything to do because, like, even in your battles, this the you know, you have to time your attacks so you can do extra damage and your blocks so you can absorb extra damage. That's one right. of the cool things I like about the the battles in this game that makes them feel more dynamic and less uh, less grindy, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, everything is very different. And uh, one of the cool things in this soundtrack as well, one of the mechanics is that the enemies will can build up strong attacks, but while they're building it up, they have weaknesses uh, like sun magic or moon magic or yeah, they a call sword it locks attack. or something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And if you can break it, then you can avoid that strong attack. And that's one of the cool elements of strategy that I really appreciate them bringing to this game. It makes it makes it really 
more active, like more active than just a standard turn-based RPG. Say that word again. Stra- strategy. Strategy. Did I say strategy? <laughs> there was a bit of a slur there. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. All right. Well, a little bit know. of a slur. <laughs> I've already explained that, so I don't feel like I need to. But I oh, know. I just, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Well, as we've talked about, Eric W. Brown composed the majority of the soundtrack and uh, did a very good job. But we do have a very special guest composer for a game that obviously takes a lot of its DNA from Chrono Trigger. Are you ready to get into your second block? Yeah, let's jump into the second block. Let's jump into um, our Yasunori Mitsuda mini spotlight. I wouldn't have felt right not doing this entire episode without at least a couple submissions from him. So we will kick things off with, and I don't know how to pronounce this correctly, but I'm just going to say it as Melisma. Okay. Melisma mm-hmm. of the Waters from Sea of Stars. Again, everything you're hearing today released August 29th, 2023. This one composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Up next, let's take a listen to Symphony of Shadowed Halls from Sea of Stars, again composed by Yasunori Mitsuda.
closing out this block, let's take a listen to The Dweller of Woe from Sea Stars, again composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Coming back in, we are first talking about Melisma. I think that's how we said it. Melisma of the Waters from Sea of Stars. Again, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Our Mitsuda yep. block of the episode. That's how and I you would could tell say it for sure. You could definitely tell, right? I mean, it sounds like Mitsuda. It sounds different enough from what Eric Brown did on the rest of the Sea of Stars soundtrack. You and I were just wondering, how did they pick? Like, how yeah. is it determined Mitsuda was going to compose the 10 or so specific tracks that he composed? I'd be curious to know. Yeah, because it seems fairly random, like the ones that, uh, that he chose. They're spread out across the entire first two discs. They are. Yeah, yeah. And the second disc, I think, is mostly night versions. Like I said, it's also kind of different things that are not featured in the first disc. But uh, Mitsuda did, it, it seems, do the night versions of whatever tracks he composed for disc one. And uh, yeah, man, this uh, this whole block is really cool. I love Mitsuda. He was one of uh, Shukapao's Masters of EGM, but he could have easily been mine. Uh, Mitsuda is one of our shared favorite composers. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. And I just like that he was brought back, you know, to work on a game that was inspired by his first game that he did. So that's super cool. Um, This sounds very much like I said, it sounds like old school Mitsuda. And that's what people getting Sea of Stars with his name attached to it, right? Because he was heavily behind the promotion of featuring Yasunori Mitsuda. So going into that, hearing something like this for the generation that grew up with uh, Chrono Trigger, that's super dope. So that's super cool. Yep, um, absolutely. 
my second favorite Yasunori Mitsuda track. So my favorite two are the last two in that block. My second favorite is the middle one, which is Symphony of Shadowed Halls, again by Yasunori Mitsuda. Um, I love the way this one starts out again with like there's I I want to say that's those organ bells, maybe someone hitting one thing like that. I don't know. It kind of gives that vibe. I uh, could be totally wrong as well. But um, and then it goes into is that the harp scored in this track, too, that he's using? I don't recall if it's in this one. I'm listening again as well. Like we it's always at, do, it's but... at like the 30. It's at like the 25 second mark. Yep. Like that instrument. Yeah. Pretty sure that's what 100%. that is, right? That is the harp scored. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love the bells in this track. I, I've played. I was in a handbell ensemble in college and um you know growing up in the church handbells were a big part of what we did and they do have these deep like big resonant bells but oh, then yeah. they also have the more like staccato like chimey type bells that i think he he uses here but really the harpsichord and the uh the chorus you mentioned while we were listening is also really yeah big the female track. vocals start shining through in the yasunori mitsuda tracks uh, that's also why these two are probably my favorite two that he did. I just really like the vibe and the sound of these. Uh, more so with the third, right? The vocals definitely shine more in that one, I think. But what was infused in this middle track is also re uh, really nice. Um, again, no idea where this takes place. Um, can maybe take a guess based on it, but... Uh, I can't wait to, again, see, because again, the tracks are so spread out amongst the soundtrack and it feels like the soundtrack is set up in at least what I can tell loose game order. Um, yes. So that means he didn't compose just for like one specific area or one specific section. It's definitely spread out. So I want to see how that all connects. I think that's going to be interesting. For sure. Yeah. Symphony of Shallowed Halls is very, very cool. Kind of has an ominous tone that I think leads really nicely into your third track. Uh, the Dweller of Woe. The Dweller and of Woe. The Dwellers, I have picked up in just like the introduction of this game. The Dwellers are creatures of, essentially creatures of chaos that the big bad, the Fleshmancer, has created in this world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing we, we talked about that a little bit at the start of the show. You know, the archivist as you're starting up the game, right? He just goes on this ramble of basically different timelines and how things are connected and starts talking about what happened in this particular timeline and introduces you to a lot of the terms and things you're going to find out about what they are. Um, but yeah, that's all in like the first two minutes of the game, which is kind of cool. I like the way they set it up in that storybook style. Yeah, um, it's it's really classic. Like in literature, you have these frame stories sometimes that are like the beginning and, and the middle and some parts, the beginning and the end and some parts in the middle are like your narrator breaking in and talking to you about. Yeah, this is how it is right now. But then this the main game is the story that led us to where we are. And so you get the feeling that the archivist and the Fleshmancer are kind of connected in some way. And one is good and one is evil. But uh, 
yeah man this whole this whole episode is just making me want to go and play the game some more and get like <laughs> you know get get deeper into it <laughs> get a little bit further in just to find out what the heck is going on since this music is so good i can't wait like we said to hear it in the actual game this is another track that to me would fit in a in an october episode uh it does have that same undertone that uh we shouldn't be here has which i think is also really cool um, yeah, yeah, lots of definitely my, my favorite Yasunori Mitsuda track on the soundtrack. This one right here, The Dweller of Woe. This one's really good. And I have to give a shout out that the second two sound tr- second two tracks in this block for you are also in, I think, 6-8 time is what I would say. Yeah, Which, they have uh, that waltz you know, vibe too. Gotta, absolutely. Gotta, gotta have it. It's a BG Mania staple. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. We got I one block left on this wait. bonus episode still. I do. It feels like this is going faster than our usual episodes do. But, you know, for a bonus episode, for a bonus episode, that makes sense. And Yeah, and I think we're going to still hit right around the same time limit anyway. Um, yeah, I've ranged you in a little bit on right the episode now. too. So. <laughs> you have, which is good for this episode. <laughs> um. I really like my next block, though. It's three very different tracks, and I can't wait to see how they play in game. But uh, what do you say? You ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, starting out my next block, we're going to listen to Sky Base. And uh, as everything that I picked for this episode is, this was, uh, um, well, I mean, everything is released on August 29th, 2023, like you said, uh, from Sea of Stars. And uh, like everything else I picked, this is composed specifically by Eric W. Brown.
Coming up next in my second block is Quizmaster's Rag from the Sea of Stars, released August 29, 2023, composed by Eric W. Brown. Closing out my second block, we are listening to Skirmish for Glory from Sea of Stars, released August 29, 2023, and composed by Eric W. Brown.
coming back in, we are first talking about Skybase. And uh, yeah, this this is a really, really cool track. I um, This one's so cool, man. <laughs> I feel super like... Super suspenseful start and build to this one. Is, it is, yeah. Um, and I mentioned while we're listening, this track sounds like it could really fit into like a first, like a shmup kind of yeah it has that momentum moving forward type of feel to the music yeah absolutely i love the sense in this i love that driving drum beat and uh yeah i could just listen to this one man it's um i don't have a whole lot to say about it because we haven't obviously we haven't been here yet right no idea where it takes place in the game no connection anything like that uh just a really sick piece of music that's again in a slightly different style from everything else we've heard today even though it does lean into the synth a little bit and the more of the synth pop i think of the 80s more so than like synth wave or retro wave but um still a different style and also still really good yeah i just i really can't wait to hear how this you know or see how this plays out in an rpg setting i i have found out Again, I don't think this is much of a major, major spoiler because you're talking about the Solstice Warriors. At some point, I feel like you go like off planet and kind of into space. I mean, this okay, is called so Sky Base. Sky, sky so. Base, yeah, that would make sense. Right, yeah, so it feels like it would fit, and I just really love this. It's one of my longer tracks. Again, there's not really a whole lot of super long tracks on this soundtrack. Um, this one's almost four minutes long and, uh, yeah, just a really cool, like you said, eighties synthy feel. Yeah. More synth pop than anything else, but still super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we move into something completely different. <laughs> the, probably the most unique track on the entire <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah. This is from disc two. There are a couple of really unique tracks on disc two. Um, this is the one I brought because I, I really love that ragtime feel. Um, and this That's is so definitely good. that. It's so good, man. It just takes you back. I mean, obviously, it's a time period that I've only seen in TV shows and movies, right? I'm not that old. Uh, Probably would be dead if this music was popular when I was growing up. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to the old people listening to the show. Absolutely. uh, But this was popular in what? What year? The 30s. What decade? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, damn. Like, you know, there's still some around, but uh, I was not. So. I was also not, but yeah. Yeah. But um, but man, Eric W. Brown, I know he wasn't around either because I've seen pictures of him and he's he seems oh, he's like he'd only, be about he's, our age. He's 39, I believe. There we go. Yeah. So, but Quizmaster's Rag, uh, an authentic ragtime tune, has to be a mini game. You and I haven't gotten oh, here. Dude, but yeah, it, there's, yeah, I, there's no way like this for sure. This has to be a minigame track. Yeah. Kind of like the shooting gallery track in Zelda, right? It it has yes. a lot of similar feels. It um, does. It has to be a yeah. minigame of some sort. I think so. Yeah. But again, just uh, wanted to show kind of the range that Brown brought to this track, uh, even more than the messenger. Uh, this is really cool. Really cool stuff. You couldn't see it, but I actually pulled a little fake bow string back when I was saying the shooting gallery track. Like I was actually <laughs> mimicking the hand the hand gesture. <laughs> That's so awesome. Too bad we don't have a video podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not a, not a super long track, and that's going to take us into, man, maybe my favorite battle theme, and I haven't even heard it in-game, but but this is so cool. Skirmish for Glory. Yeah, it's very close on the soundtrack to our closeout track, so I'm wondering if it's similar area, same area. 
Um, I would probably assume so. Man, the electric guitar in this track is so good. There's a, just a few pinch harmonics in there that are just, oh, they scream. And But I just love that lead synth as well. Like, the melody is really strong in this track. And um, uh, this track also has orchestra hits, which a few of the tracks in the soundtrack do, but... I really wanted to bring this one because, man, a tasteful use of orc hits is just, you're always going to get me. <laughs> yeah, you. we just talked about that somewhat recently. I don't remember when. Yeah, probably on the TMNT episode because they used them a lot in those tracks. It probably was. Yeah, I think you might be right. That sounds... That sounds probably right. I love the, you know, um, Brown has a, uses a lot of arpeggios in his tracks. And, um, you know, metalheads are, uh, they really are some of the most intricate musicians in popular music. Uh, they use a lot of really, like, interesting chord progressions and chord structures. They do a lot of things that are different than your standard, like, rock and pop tunes. And mm, that is what yeah. Brown out of like he was in a metal band as i mentioned earlier before and you can tell with all the drums and xylophones and stuff on this track that he's a percussionist because that's you know oh, that's yeah, our absolutely. bread and butter <laughs> absolutely absolutely i think that discussion about the the orchids was on the masters of hollywood episode thinking oh back. that that makes sense that that actually that makes a lot of sense yeah but yeah this is definitely one again one of the better tracks just for me and just the style and the vibe on the entire soundtrack i really dig this one a lot it's one of my favorites um just i can't get it i keep going back to the first 10 seconds mm -hmm. uh, i think it's within the <laughs> yeah because the pinch harmony comes in no it's like right around the 15 or 16 second mark that the first pinch harmonic comes in yeah 16 second yep. mark there oh, you man, go it's so good it's so good. I'm right behind you. Yeah, man. This is good stuff. What a great soundtrack. What a great game. Everybody really yeah. go, go check this out because especially if you're like our age and you grew up with stuff like Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana and Mario RPG, this is going to be your bread and butter. This is a and it's not a big time sink like top end 50 hours. Um, and yeah, if you really want to just play through like the main game, you know, 2530, it's. It's a really, really good game and very much worth the price. Absolutely available everywhere, right? PC, Switch, PS5, Xbox Series. The first game ever, actually, which is crazy, to launch simultaneously on Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. Yeah, that's crazy. But I'm really glad a lot of people are going to get to experience it that way because this is a game that needs to be played. Outside of those versions, they sold 100,000 copies within like the first day, I think it was, which is awesome. Um, so this game definitely doing well as it should, right? It is a great game just from what I've played. And I know uh, Kyle has been putting a little bit of time into it. He's further than both of us. And then Zanku, yep. I think, is the furthest of all of us. Um, that's all I see him playing right now. He's taking a little <laughs> break from The Legend of Heroes. Uh, Dan returned back to video games. I saw Dan play in this game, which yeah, is amazing. It is. <laughs> it's funny. That tells you, you something. There's, no, there's no guns in this game, so that tells you something. At least not that we've seen so far. You know, you never know That's when you true. get to the sky base what you're going to be fighting against. But That's true. But yeah, Storm man, the fact that he, he came in, if that's not like a... You know, like a sales ad for this is a retro <laughs> RPG. <laughs> Even we, Crazed we know he Eleven is playing it. <laughs> yep. That's right, Who, man. That's who's right. Crazed Eleven? Exactly. He needs to, That's my he thought needs to stream this game, you know? Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> that'd would. be sick. That'd be sick. But yeah, this, is, this has been it's such a cool episode. I, I'm Obviously, we're going to be playing this game more. And uh, 
The soundtrack is 200 tracks long, and there are, I could have easily brought seven different tracks that were in my honorable mentions. And they, yeah, we they could have brought 14 good. total different tracks, and it would have been yeah. just as fine. Yeah. So definitely go check that out. And if you have the money uh, to uh, actually pay for it, do so, because I think it'd be good for, for him. And and I cannot wait. I mean, this is the second Sabotage Studios game. So I can't wait to see where these folks go. And Eric W. Brown in, is in like... The, in the mini expanded Sabotage Studios universe. That's right. That's right. And Brown the games is apparently uh, all connect together. On staff for them. And yeah, I mean, there were a couple of tracks that I specifically didn't bring that do harken back to Messenger tracks. Um, it is no secret, I think, if you look into this game at all, that it takes place about a thousand years before the Messenger, but in the same universe. Yeah. And the DLC is supposedly going to tie them together even more. So I'm really excited. So yeah, yeah can't wait too. to see where they go from here. And you know what else I can't wait to see? The final boss. Oh, yeah. The Fleshmancer. What a cool name. The Fury of the Fleshmancer, the final stand. So this is probably a, a final boss that has multiple forms. Um, this track is sick. It's the longest one we're playing. That's why it's the closeout. Also, I didn't know what to put as the closeout. I picked my seven. Bedroth picked his seven. The mountain path made the most sense to, or the mountain trail uh, made the most sense to open up with because it's like level one. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I just went with a really dope sounding track to close out. Uh, super distorted. Again, very dark. Oh, dude, it's such a, it's got to be the final boss. And it's so good for that reason. And the soundtrack itself with the names and the later tracks just seems to indicate that there are more, there's more than one form for this guy, which anyone who's played classic RPGs knows that's, that's the norm. We would have been disappointed with anything else. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did read, which I don't think is a big spoiler since we know this is in the same universe, apparently the narrator and the Fleshmancer both bear at least a little bit of resemblance to the monks from the Messenger, the hooded guys. And well, so I I'm, thought that I'm, was implied right at the start of the game when the archivist is like, oh, but you know me. And then he like turns around in his chair and you see that little face. Yep. Like, I yeah, thought that the was implied. Slash yeah. narrator. Yeah. Uh, I think so, too. So I don't think that's a spoiler, um, but it is. And I am really, really intrigued to see where the DLC that's promised for this game goes, because it's supposed to tie them together all the more. And I love this universe. It's really cool. The music from this soundtrack that harken back to Messenger tracks are really nice remixes. And you get like three different versions because you get the day version, the night version and the pirate version. So, right. That's true. Go check yeah. This out. <laughs> but yeah, man. The Fury of the Fleshmancer track that's taken us out of the episode is dark and gritty and just super cool. Another almost industrial nightclub sounding track, too. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. If the choir wasn't there, it would be. But I think with the choir, it still works. <laughs> the it male choir and this time. Yeah. Here, Brown is, like you said, bringing in the male choir where Matsuda focused on kind of the female chorus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's really cool. Super cool. Um, but, you know, we're talking about it. That means, unfortunately, we're ending, we're nearing the end of this episode. Yeah. Bonus episode coming to a close. Bonus episode number two for September. Anything to plug before we close this one out? As always, I do want to mention my daughter, Shuka Pao, is still active on YouTube and uh, has released a couple of Pikmin games. Uh, she revisited her favorite Pikmin areas uh, video, which is her most popular video by far. Also did a focus on like what it, how good the different types of Pikmin are utilized in this game. And most recently did a remix of um, a fan track from an Undertale fan game 
um, Alphys, something or other. Look up Shukapow on YouTube, and um, and you will find it. And uh, please give her some support. You know, she's a college student now. She needs all the help she can get. <laughs> Bedroth wants to stop funding it. Come on. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right, man. Save me that money I'm sending her and send her some money yourself. <laughs> yeah, all that's it for right. me, man. All right. Well, I do think then that will unfortunately bring us to the close of this bonus episode. We do want to thank you for staying with us, listening to another bonus episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the episode once again, we're going to take a listen to Fury of the Fleshmancer, the final stand from Sea of Stars. Again, for the final time, this released on August 29th, 2023, and this particular track was composed by Eric W. Brown. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.